This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there, everyone. It's your second favorite host of the Hardwood Knox podcast, Dan Favalli. Andy and I want to invite you to listen to our newest NBA podcast, Blue Wire Buckets. The pod is a collaboration of Blue Wire's NBA podcasters analyzing playoff storylines and games. Here is a segment from the latest episode of Blue Wire Buckets. Uh, can can we can we talk about the Nuggets game? Because that was that uh, was actually fun. <laughs> yes. So Nuggets Spurs after losing Game One at home to San Antonio, Denver comes back winning one fourteen to one oh five. But this was not without drama. Uh, the Nuggets trailed by as many as 19 at some point in the, th- nice. the third quarter. And they were able to just come back and win it. Their 39-point fourth quarter, they outscored the Spurs by 16 points in that final frame. Jamal Murray went bonkers in the final few minutes. I The thing that I want to ask about that is, did anyone see LaMarcus Aldridge's uh, post-game quote about that fourth quarter? No, I didn't. Ooh, I did not either. He just said the same thing over and over again oh, about he was like, it's really tough when they hit contested shots. And meanwhile, he said that over and over again. Meanwhile, that's the Spurs' that's, entire offense. Yeah. You know, as you were saying this, I was, I was looking through the box score and I was thinking, you know, it's actually probably pretty fun to play for the Spurs uh, because like they're just like they just toss you the ball and say, go cook, young blood. Like, just go do your thing. Like, no, no, you don't have to like you don't have to do anything. Yeah, just, just maybe set a pin down, but mostly, yeah, we'll just give you the ball and you can like try to do some stuff. Like it's it it's just a pickup game. You don't even have to think at this point. It somehow kind of worked for him in the regular season too. And, like I, and now, like, I mean, they're scoring fine. Yeah, that's true. I, I kept waiting for their offense to come crashing down, uh, and it just never did. And like you said tonight, there was a point in the third quarter when Denver was like starting to make their big comeback. And it seemed like San Antonio was scoring on every possession. And I, I just thought, what is going on? Um, they sh- <laughs> All these constant mid-range contested shots, like Dan just said, Aldridge talked about, uh, they, they should not be going in at the rate that they're going in. It's, it's, it's hard to believe how they've been so good offensively. Well, I do think like, you know, I, I don't know if you guys feel like the Nuggets are going to end up winning the series, but, uh, and I, I definitely count myself among that. But it kind of, if you are someone who thinks the Nuggets could be a conference finalist, which, you know, like with a with a Thunder who looked like a tough matchup for them, struggling against the Blazers, who knows? Um, but the fact that they don't seem to be able to string almost any good defensive possessions together uh, is really scary. It feels like the Spurs pretty much got whatever shot they wanted against them. Yeah, I mean, in the fourth quarter, the Spurs, Spurs just got uh, sloppy. I felt on offense. I don't feel like yeah. The I mean, didn't the four turnovers to, to Denver's zero. Yeah, uh, but the Spurs shot ten of nineteen in the fourth, so fifty two point six percent. Um, to the Nuggets, fourteen of nineteen, seventy three point seven percent. So unless Paul Millsap's on the floor, and he was for the entire fourth, 
they're not going to string together defensive possessions. And when you look at that game and the shots that Jamal Murray was hitting, just off balance on, he was eight of nine from the floor in the fourth. And I would say probably seven of those makes were just off balance yeah. shots. Nicole Jokic only three shots in the fourth quarter. So he's a pretend superstar, obviously, as the tropes are going to go. Right? Is that you? <laughs> it, it's so true or false now. And I think since we've seen it through two games, um, and I'll, I'll throw this one to Andy. Uh, Jamal Murray is the, I don't want to use the word X factor. He's the second most important player for this, for this series, for the Nuggets. Or can you even go most important if you think you know you're, what you're going to get from Nikola Jokic and you're going to need Murray to have these quarters where he just takes over as a scorer? Um, I think the fourth quarter of this game would suggest that he is. The Nuggets are interesting because it seems like they have four or five guys that on a given night can sort of fill that that role Gary Harris you're way too high on Trey Lyles <laughs> Gary, Gary Harris was kind of that guy for them tonight in the third quarter Paul Millsap was the one who kind of kept him close for stretches of the first half I I think you could probably make an argument for two or three guys and I think Millsap has the fact that he's the only thing that I think we can consider close to a defensive anchor as, as part of his argument for this role but I think my very political answer is that you could go a bunch of different ways, but but like I said right off the top, if if all you watched was the fourth quarter, it, it certainly seems like Murray is the guy that can really truly take over a game. So th- th- I'm I'm just not committing to anyone right now. How's that for an answer for you? Oh, I, I'd like yeah, that's your expert. Yeah, I'd like to can jump. You, can in. you give us a real answer? Yeah, I'd like to <laughs> jump in and you know be be a little more uh, forthright with my with my takes here. Since Andy's really taking the coward coward's way out, you know, I I think it is. I think Murray is, and not because I think his ceiling is that much higher, though. It, I mean, I think we can all agree, like as a scorer, he, he does have a higher ceiling than than Harris, Barton, Millsap, etc. Nobody builds five G like Verizon builds five G, because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with five G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. reported three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.